We saw him drop that touchdown pass that was floated to him, which should have been easy six. Easy six. Was it a little bit overthrown? Yeah, I guess. But did he get both hands on it? Yes. Yes, he did. Gabe Davis would have caught it. (laughs) Yeah, Gabe Davis probably would have caught it. (laughs) You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show here on the Built in Buffalo Network. Justin, the Bills are in first place of the AFC East. They took down the New England Patriots. We're going to get into that game, break down the whole entire script for you here on the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. But as always, you can find us on most social media and podcasting platforms and even on YouTube by searching up our name, the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. Justin, how are you feeling after this win? I am feeling great about this win. Um, we'll get into you know my feelings on the game itself, mm-hmm. um, but I, me personally, I I've been out sick all week. Um, for anybody listening at home that may not know, I I did end up on the reserve COVID list, mm-hmm. um, so I'm pretty much getting close to being out of the woods on that. Um, but boy, did that game really kind of pick up my spirits when, you know, I've just been chilling in a room locked up for like four or five days straight. So definitely a win I needed today. <clears throat> Talk about a perfect remedy for uh, the the vid, right? Uh, nothing nothing does the, does a victory better, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, chicken soup and Bills victories. Yeah, that that's the that's the real real game winner right there. Um, anyways. Here's today's agenda. As always, we got four segments here. The first one, we're going to talk about ancillary weapons. Number two, we're going to talk about Josh Allen and some missed opportunities, not necessarily on him, but just in offense in general, where we thought there could have been more opportunities to put points on the board. Uh, Number three, we're going to talk about defense in general. And then number four, we'll talk about coaching. And then we'll wrap it up with our player of the game. All right, so Justin, let's get into it. Ancillary weapons. We know the story going into this game. Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, the the two pivotal pieces of, of our offense. Maybe more Gabe Davis as of recently because he started coming on really hot, and Cole Beasley was starting to find his rhythm. They're out of this game because COVID nineteen reasons, and. I'm not going to lie, going into this game, I was like, I'm a little nervous, but I don't know what it is. I feel good about it. And the Bills have a good depth, a good position depth at the wide receiver position, right? And we saw them show out today. McKenzie and Kumaro and Sanders, who was, you know, week to week, but was able to play into this game. Now, there are some good and some bad out of those ancillary weapons, you saw McKenzie, right? He just blew up. What did he get? He led the team 11 catches, 125 yards, 11.4 on average, one touchdown, a log of 28. He he got targeted 12 times, didn't catch it once out of 12. Very good. Outside of that, we saw Kumaro get in there, and then Sanders get in there as well. Uh, Kumaro... He had that key, I think, third down conversion early in the game, and I was really excited about him. 
if you guys have been listening to us, you know I've been crushing on Kumaro since the you know preseason thing, but he's been kind of lost in the sauce, so he's a special teams guy mainly. And then we saw him drop that touchdown pass that was floated to him, which should have been easy six. Easy six. Was it a little bit overthrown? Yeah, I guess, but did he get both hands on it? Yes. Yes, he did. Gabe Davis would have caught it. <laughs> yeah, Gabe Davis probably would have caught it. <laughs> and then number three, we got our guy, Emmanuel Sanders. I was hyped to see him back. I picked him up off the waiver wires of my fantasy football league. I'm in the playoffs. I made the wise decision not to start him because he dropped an easy six points. So in general, with these ancillary weapons, I thought that they did fairly well and if McKenzie didn't have the game that he had this would have been a super negative area but the fact that McKenzie quite literally you know exploded today was the reason why this was such a good performance by the Bills ancillary weapons yeah I I'll go a step further with it too and Kind of the the shuffling around that we had to do on the offensive line. I'm I'm gonna mm. count them in this category, um, just for time's sake, um, because they the shuffling of the deck. They were looking pretty good early. Um, I know Bates went out with an injury, and we ended up getting Dawkins back in. I don't think they intended on Dawkins playing today and just giving him some more time to rest up. But all things considered, for how much we've struggled with our offensive line this year for for them to come in and handle that defensive line. Uh, I think that's worth notice, noting. Um, as far as like the, the receiving weapons go, you know, I was somebody at the beginning of the year when <clears throat> Cole Beasley was doing, you know, his whole Twitter rants about COVID and whatnot, and people were calling for, you know, oh, cut Beasley and we can just put McKenzie in there. And... I was very much of the opinion that, you know, that's not even close to a one-for-one swap. You're really going to struggle. And, you know, granted, it's a one-game sample size right now, uh, but McKenzie looked great today, and he looked every bit the part. Um, as far as the, the other receiving options here go, you know, Kumaro had a little bit of a disappointing day, um, in my opinion, just mostly because of that drop. And then Emmanuel Sanders is kind of somebody that's lost me a little bit. You know, he makes some great mm. plays, but that drop in the end zone is just something that you can't have from him um, being your number two receiver. And mm-hmm. it's something that might pop up for me a couple times today. I've already said it once. I think Gabe Davis would have caught it. And that's another guy at the beginning of the year, you know, we're talking, is Gabe Davis ready to be a number two receiver? And I was fully not on board with that. You know, I very much that Gabe Davis was a benefactor of being the fourth receiver in the system and and all that stuff. And I'm starting to feel like, you know, going forward that if Emmanuel Sanders does retire and move on, I, I think Gabe Davis might be able to fill that role. Um, mm. So all that to say, you know, we're missing some key pieces on offense. It's, you know, a do or die game and and you're relying on, you know, a guy like Isaiah McKenzie who who really hasn't been a focal point in the offense at all this year. And in a game where I was kind of just looking to to get by in that department, um, they not only did that, they really excelled and very proud of them and very 
very happy with how they have put it all together today. Yeah, and to kind of follow up on Sanders and Coomer, I have the box score right here. So Sanders, four targets, only two catches. Good for 20 yards, but there we all know that he dropped that touchdown pass. And people were, people were saying, like, you know, it was a little behind him, but for me personally, that hit him. He tried cradling the ball like this. Like, it, 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 it was very catchable. I, I I completely put that on Sanders. Um, I I mean, what what else do you want from Allen right there, right? Like, yeah, he could have put it maybe a little bit more to the right, but very catchable ball, especially if you're a professional. And then Kumaro, yes, he did have that key third down conversion that I mentioned earlier, but he also dropped that easy touchdown pass, again, that I mentioned earlier. He had, and after that, you saw his target production go way down. In total, he only had three targets and only caught the ball once for 13 yards. But obviously, McKenzie went in, and I'm I'm still not sure if they can swap one for one for those guys. But because mainly because this was just one game, right? This is one game McKenzie popped off, and was he the key for the Bills? Was he a pivotal piece? In, uh, reason why the Bills won this game? Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we move on to the next segment, I just want to talk about, you know, the offensive line pieces that, you know, uh, that you addressed earlier. So before this game, Justin messaged our group chat and saying like, hey, I don't think Dion's going to start. And I, I looked at that and I was like, what are you talking about? Like Dion clear protocol. He's like, he's good to go. And then right off the rip, I see Spencer Brown, Ike Bakker, Morris. Well, um, who was on the right guard? Uh, Ryan Bates. Is it Bates? <clears throat> yeah, Bates, and then um, Daryl Williams. And I was like, "Oh my God, this is bad." Well, well, well. Like, yeah, looks like we're gonna test the depths here, and you know, it it worked out. It ended up being okay, and I'm happy that they were able to adjust on the fly. But unfortunately, you know, it, it comes at the cost of Bacher going down with what seems like in a, a season-ending injury. So not ideal, but, you know, it, it's just... The Bills got a W, but I, I just don't like the injury aspect of it. So... I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, it, it was a shame to see him get hurt because I, I do feel like he was playing pretty well up until that point. And mm-hmm. and kind of as I mentioned before, for for how much we've seen the Lions struggle this year, uh, just seeing that starting five combination trotting out there for you know the most important game of the year. So many combos. So so concerning to me. Um, but they, they came out and they were playing pretty well um, without Deion Dawkins in there. And then, you know, an injury happens. And I kind of mentioned to you guys before the game, like I think they just want to give Dawkins another little bit of rest if they can. He's mm-hmm. probably just, you know, there in case somebody gets hurt because we've really had to test our depth uh, recently. And cuckoo kachoo that happens. And he came in, and, and they looked pretty good as a unit today. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, not not bad, not bad at all. Um, 
Well, I, before we move on, I do want to say shout out to Spencer Brown because I thought he was going to have another rough day, but I think he held up pretty good. No penalties. I don't. I can't say much about the pressures or anything like that because I got to go back and watch the tape. But from a bird's eye view, solid job. So let's transition to the second segment here, and that's Josh Allen's performance and just overall. I guess maybe some missed opportunities. Am I right? So I'll just kick this off. Josh Allen, obviously a key cog into the machine. That is the Buffalo Bills offense and why they were able to ultimately come away with a victory here. He completed 30 out of 47 passes. I'm not sure what percentage that is. Justin, can you tell me? Uh, 30 divided by 47. But in general, that was good for 314 yards. An average of 6.7 yards per pass. Very interesting, right? So it, it seemed like to me they were doing a lot of uh, short passing plays. And you saw that early on with, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm Singletary, an extension of the run game. So it was pretty good. But regardless, three touchdowns, zero interceptions was sacked zero times, so shout out to the O-line, but also Josh Allen did a good job evading some pressures when it did come, and an overall rating of 104.4. Justin, what's that completion percentage, and moreover, what, how do you feel about Josh Allen's performance today? Um, so to answer your question, it's about a 64% um, completion take percentage. Those. I'll take that. Um, yeah, he had a great day today, and... You know, also adds on another 64 yards on the ground, obviously the big 25-yard run. Um, and this, this again, is kind of where we'll get into some of the, some of the meat that was left on the bone here. Um, there's parts of this game where I was thinking back to, I think it was the Rams game last year when you had that audio clip of Josh Allen. How many times do we have to score? <laughs> that, that was against the Broncos, but uh, yes. There you go. <laughs> Um, but you had, you know, something we've seen a lot this year, the illegal man downfield, um, bringing back, uh, the Dawson Knox touchdown. Um, oh, yeah. we have the, the drops that we already talked about, um, by Kumaro and, and, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so I just think there's a few times where there was, there's plays that were left out there that weren't really his fault. I will say one of the things that I was I was happiest with Josh Allen in this game is some of his decision making. Like you said, when he was under pressure, he didn't take any sacks this game. Um, and there was cool, calm, collective. Yeah, and there was a there's a few different instances where you know the play. The one I'm per- thinking of in particular was um, Dawson Knox and Sanders ran into each other, and yeah. he just kind of throws it away and. There's there's something so simple about that play, but it's something that I don't want to fail to mention with Josh Allen because of how many times that's become a problem that he tries to extend the play and he just keeps dropping back 20 yards or throws an interception or you know takes the sack that takes us out of a scoring range or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to kind of pile on the praise there when the simple smart play that he makes is throwing the ball 30 yards over everybody's head and out of the back of the end zone to, to see the next play. Yeah. Allen definitely 
was the man today. He made smart decisions. I, I will say there was probably like two standout plays to me, right? And I'll start with the bad one first. And I think it was the third or fourth where the Bills were trying to run a lot of clock. And he threw a pass to McKenzie that was super behind him. And it just had no chance. And I was thinking to myself, like, eh, Josh, man, we we can't have that. We we need something more than that in order for us to, like, you know, keep the clock going, keep this drive going, and ultimately win this game. And I'm pretty sure, and this is the good part, uh, this is my favorite play by Allen, was that fourth down conversion where he rolls out. I thought he was going to QB sneak. Everyone thought he was going to QB sneak. But some of the Patriots weren't fooled. But Allen was able to, you know, slip the defenders, cut back and up the field for what what was it, like six, seven yards or something like that. Regardless, more than enough to get pick up that first down. And I was with some family friends and everyone just erupted. Erupted because that play doesn't work if you don't have Josh Allen or someone of his caliber. Right? So I, I think that Josh Allen did a great job. And to talk about those missed opportunities, again, I keep coming back to this, but Sanders, oh my God, that you should have caught that ball. And I get it. it. I probably wouldn't have caught it. So I'm not saying it's the easiest catch in the world, but it's very catchable. And then when we were down in the red zone, we go from like first and 10 from what, I, I don't know, like within the, 10 to 15 yard line so we should have walked away with six probably but next thing you know after a couple penalties it's first and 25 and we walk away the field goal like geez man like penalties and we ended up shooting ourselves in the foot but luckily it wasn't enough for the bills to ultimately lose the game and there were just some other opportunities where we kicked field goals where i was like yeah should have walked away with points but that that field goal, specifically in the third, really just kind of was uh, distasteful for me. Yeah, I I have a little bit more to touch on with the with the field goals that you're getting into there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pile that more into my my coaching part here. So mm, okay, yeah, I got some some thoughts there. Okay, perfect. Well, before we get into that, I know you got the calculator out. So why don't you divide fourteen by thirty-two for me? I'm known for my math skills, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, that would be about forty-four uh, percent. That's Mac Jones' completion percentage, a rating of thirty-one point four, and that's going to lead us right into our next segment, which is about the defense. But we'll get into that right after the break. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to wrap up this episode by talking about the defense and then coaching. And Justin, remind me one more time what that completion percentage was for Mac Jones. Uh, I rounded up. It's uh, now that I know where we we're going with it. I want to give you the actual <laughs> number. It was uh, 40. Oh, okay. Right. 43.75. 43.75. Yeah. We'll call it 43.8. 43.8% of the time that Mac Jones through the football, it completed, it, it met its target. Mac Jones did not have a good game. 
they made Mac Jones look like a rookie, right? He, he threw two interceptions, uh, threw for 145 yards, and had a quarterback rating of 31.4 yards on average. F- for the team, the Patriots caught the ball 14 times for 145 yards, and this speaks to it, right? Their average was 10.4 yards. So they were definitely catching it a little deep, but uh, it ultimately wasn't enough. And on average, Mac Jones was trying to throw it only 4.5 yards per pass. That's not going to do it if you're trying to go against the NFL's number one scoring defense. It's not. It's just not going to happen. Now, Damian Harris, he he definitely made that a game, right? He rushed the ball. 18 times for 103 yards and three touchdowns in total. The team 27 hundred for 149 yards long of 31, three touchdowns again from Damian Harris. And I'll just say this. I think that the bills rushing defense was significantly better this game than that Monday night game. But I wasn't necessarily like, Oh yeah. We're good now. <laughs> like the Bills still got caught over pursuing. Damian's hair still gouged him by cutting back. Uh, it and to be fair, like the Bills' D line only sacked Jones once. And I understand the Bill or the Patriots have a good offensive line, but this game script, which we'll get into the fourth segment here about coaching, was all about. Put the ball in Mac Jones' hand. There wasn't a lot of sack, wasn't a lot of you know defensive line production, and I you know this just sounds bad because I'm just like, like one I'm hogging the mic so sorry and two like I'm complaining about a Bills victory but th- again there was st- there was some meat to be there's some meat left on the bones and I know that the Bills could could have done more on defense so i don't know if you feel the same way about me but how do you feel um so i'm kind of glad you flushed out your your whole point there um because i do feel a little bit differently than you um and not to any extent with the run game i feel like we know who our defense is in that department and you know, we can we can go with the classic, oh, well, Star Latulule wasn't in there. Well, I don't really expect Star Latulule to be in there anymore. Um, between injuries, COVID, um, we didn't have him last year, this week. You know, he had something personal going on. It is what it is. Um, but I've pretty much seen Harrison Phillips fill in in that role. And I feel comfortable with Harrison Phillips going forward. Yeah, he's a starter. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I don't think our defense is ever going to be great at stopping the run. And I think we're actually seeing this kind of trend popping up in the NFL where these defenses for the past five, ten years have just been evolving with this pass-happy NFL um, Mm -hmm. that we've seen. We've seen the Patriots doing it. We've seen um, the Colts doing it or... You know, they they win a game where Carson Wentz completes five passes or whatever the case is. And it it just seems like kind of these defenses that have been built to stop the pass for so long are like, okay, well, 
now we're going to buck the trend and we're going to run it 40 times and see if you can stop that too. Um, so I don't think that that's really an uncommon problem that you'd see with the Bills. I think that would happen with a lot of teams. Um, mm-hmm. But what I will say is, you know, when it comes time to, to pass and the, the game script being, you know, let's make Mac Jones beat us through the air. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, only one sack, but I do think our, our defensive line did generate some pressure. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking just, you know, particularly really early in the game with um, Ed Oliver just busting up the middle and kind of just Mac Jones isn't a quarterback that's going to take a lot of sacks. He's he's the type to get rid of the ball really quickly. Um, so I think the pressure being generated was kind of enough to make him have to go through his reads faster. And and that that was where we saw the effect from the front four. Um, and w- where I really want to you know heap on some praise for this defense is. You know what? What just what did we land at? Forty forty three point seven five completion percentage, one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. yards, something like that. And you know, let's not forget that this is a defense that doesn't have Trey White, and you have you know Dane Jackson out there, Levi Wallace, and you know, for what it's worth, yeah, the the defense and the scheme and all that. It's never been friendly to young and rookie quarterbacks, but they really did their thing on the back end to to really play complement with the front seven there. So hats off to them. Right. Yeah, and you know, I gotta shout out Ed Oliver because I think he had a real good game. Four four tackles, three solo. He had the one sack of the game. He had a tackle for loss and let's see two QB hits. Two QB hits. I think QB hits are pretty effective. They're probably just as effective as sacks, in my opinion, for the fact that it gets into the quarterback's head mentally. And, I, you know, it's hard to draw parallels from that to, you know, Mac Jones's uh, passing percentage. But I do think that there was a fair amount of pressure in this game. I just I well I guess where I'm coming from is that I want more. <laughs> like, you know, I it's there. It's there for the taking. The Bills are doing enough to get this W, but I want more and I know that they can do it. So I, I guess I'm being a little stingy, especially here after Christmas. Like, yeah, you got me a Bills victory, but I know it could have been better. Well, Maybe next year I'll get a coal, lump of coal, to, whatever. To be fair on your point there, with the investments that are have been made again across the defensive line, I I've wanted more pretty much every game except for the first Miami game where we knocked mm-hmm. Tua out and we were after Brissett all day. And we were like, Oh my god. Pretty much every game outside of that, I was like, Yeah, I could use more from the defensive line this year. I mean you're talking Two first round picks, two second round picks, young guys. One who's a healthy scratch from week to week. Yeah. So I don't I don't blame yes. you there. I could always use more out of the defensive line. Right, right. Um as far as cornerbacks, I thought they again did a solid job. Safety safeties, sorry, phenomenal job. Michael Hyatt had two picks, one on a deflection. Although we should have had three picks. Levi Wallace, you should have had that one pick. 
or um, you know they the Pats ended up getting a touchdown off that drive, but whew, it was there for the taking. He caught that he'd be a wide receiver, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> right over the shoulder. It looked like he ran the route. I saw that, and yeah. I was like, that's why he plays cornerback, yeah, I so guess. I, I looked normal uh, when I was watching the play, I saw Dane Jackson um, in front of him. I was like, oh, God, he beat Dane. And then I see Levi. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to pick it off. And oh. he didn't. <laughs> so a <laughs> couple plays later, Patriots score a touchdown. I guess that's where I'm coming from. I'm like, yeah, it was there. It was definitely there. It just didn't happen. Um, and you know, uh, I'll let you f- wrap up your thoughts here before we transition to the last segment. Um, that, that's about all I really had on the defense. Um, like I said, okay. that I think Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds, I think is somebody that I could talk about every week and mm-hmm. he's so the middle linebacker is going to be so involved in pretty much every play. Right. But they're, mm-hmm. There's just some parts to his game where I see parts to his game where I'm like, okay, he's really going to turn the corner. He's going to take that leap, and he's going to be the best linebacker in football. And then there's just so many plays where he over-pursues, and he gets caught on a block, and he can't shed the block. And I guess just kind of worth me bringing up now because I think he's somebody that we're going to be talking a lot about when we get to the off season and mm-hmm. the contract that it looks like he might get and whatnot. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I see what you're saying, but I love Tremaine. I know you and I, I like, I, I liked what he did in this game. I loved, I loved what Milano did in this game. What Hunter Henry did he even catch the ball in this game. He caught it one time, one time off of six targets for nine yards. So I don't, I think that's that speaks more to Milano's aspect, but I, again, I still think that Tremaine very key to this defense, just like Milano. So that's where I I, I kind of land with them. But let's transition to the last segment here, and that's coaching. So, Justin, I've hogged the mic way too much in this episode, so I'll let you kick this off. Why don't you tell me what your overall thoughts about coaching and then tell me your player of the game. Okay, so overall, I think this was kind of, this might be up there with one of my favorite uh, McDermott games. Um, There were some, you know, you talked about the field goals earlier where it was like, "Eh, did we have to kick the field goal? Should we have gone for it? Um, My biggest complaint with McDermott since he's come to the Bills, has been kind of like in these big moments against, you know, it's uh, it's it's often the Patriots, you know, but call it Kansas City, uh, one of these teams where we're really not supposed to win the game. And it seems like in those games in particular, he tended to get a little bit more conservative. And, yeah, a little, a little scared and, uh, you know, didn't want like, the reason they lost to game to be like because of him, you know, and I find when you're coaching not to lose that way, you're much more apt to lose than Mm -hmm. when you're going for the gusto. So this game right off the bat, first drive, you know, we get to, I think we drove it down like 59 yards and we got to a fourth Mm -hmm. and two and he goes for it and we punch it in. And for me, that kind of set the tone for the afternoon of like, Mm 
me feeling really good about this game. I thought we had to get out to a quick lead against New England. Um, I think I texted you and Jake. I, I wanted the Bills to take the ball first today because I thought it was that important to get a quick lead. Um, so getting that lead and you know getting the ball in the second half was a double win, but I think it was really important to finish out that drive with seven and not three. <clears throat> and there's... There's a few other times throughout the game. Sorry, I'm losing my voice a little bit here. Um, where he he made the call to go for it on fourth down. Um, you talked about the the Josh Allen bootleg with his dancing shoes on. Um, it was beautiful. Um, Leslie Frazier, I think I think he coached another pretty solid game. Um, I haven't really had much complaints on the defensive side of the ball this year, other than really like the Colts game and that was really more just like hey we're not very good at stopping the run and this guy's the best to do it so and we got our starting linebacker and our starting uh defensive tackle out yeah that, not to say that's the reason why we lost but it surely didn't help yeah outside of that I've uh I've been pretty happy with Frazier um I did see a report today that um the Jaguars are interested in talking to him for the head coaching job so Jesus, no. Yeah. Uh, Frazier's become a coach that I really don't want to lose, and I'd almost prefer to be replacing an offensive coordinator than Frazier at this point. I just feel like he's been so steady. Right. Um, which brings me into Dayball, um, who I think I think he coached a pretty damn good game today, and I don't know if it's like this injection of like speed and different weapons that haven't really been on the field. So maybe the defense didn't know how to quite game plan for it. Or I don't, to me, it feels like <clears throat> since the Tampa Bay game, like McDermott sat Dayball down and they had a conversation or something um, because over the last two and a half weeks, um, I've seen the creativity coming back from Dayball. I've seen these, the like run pass option with the with the little underhanded shovel pass to Dawson Knox, um, just the jet sweeps, all the little things that we saw so much last year that I haven't really seen this year. Um, yeah, there's a couple of possessions where you know we end up in the red zone and we didn't come away with points. Um, but I'm also looking at you know we had at least two touchdowns coming back off the board that yeah. He he drew up a play and they went out and executed it ninety eight percent of the way and should have been a touchdown. You know, there's nothing he can do about that. So, right. yeah, yeah. Um, to you, you kind of unloaded a lot there, so I'll try my best to match up with it. So right off the bat, yeah, McDermott, I loved it. He was aggressive. This was candid twenty twenty. Sean McDermott coaching. Lay it out there and do it because you know you have the offense to do it. And he trusted them. And that's why the Bills were so successful, in my opinion, and why they were ultimately able to win this game. McDermott trusted his team. Not saying that he doesn't like believe in them. It's just in those situations, and as you mentioned, he's kind of been like, eh, well, let me just punt the ball and trust my defense. Well, why trust? Why not trust the offense, right? <laughs> and defensively, yes, 
I think they had a pretty good game. Now they let up how many points? Uh, 21. Pretty good. Pretty good for this team, um, considering they ran the ball a lot and it was productive for them. But uh, And Damian Harris, again, scored three touchdowns. But nonetheless, they were able to shift the dynamics of this game into Mac Jones' like make make them one dimensional. That's what the Bills wanted to do on defense. That's what they got. Mission accomplished. Brian Dable, solid work. Solid work again. Josh Allen, as I mentioned, key part of that Bills victory and I'm just really really happy that everything was clicking and you know there there's still meat left on this bone. I we mentioned it. Offensive defensively there was plays to be made, and I know that the Bills know that. So I'd be surprised if they don't go back to the tape and check that out, right? Well, before we wrap up the episode, Justin, who's your player of the game? Um, So for a long time in this game, my, my player of the game was Singletary. Um, I feel like not really so much as a running back. I think he only ended up with like 40 yards rushing, but he was just kind of doing a little bit of everything. Um, he's just tough as nails to get down at the goal line. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it kept, I think it was adding to my opinion of Singletary every time Moss came into the game. And I had to listen to mm-hmm. the announcer say, Zach Moss checks into the game. He's the more physical of the two running backs. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I understand that's what his calling card is. That's what your your card you're reading off of says. But it, it didn't feel like that today. If you've watched any Bills football this year, Devin Singletary, he he runs more physically than Zach Moss, and I'll die on that hill, but it's correct. Um, right. Who you got? It's got to be McKenzie, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Clutch catch after clutch catch. He... He just kind of did it all today, and what did he end up? 11, 11 catches, 125, something like that? 11 catches, 12 targets, 125, 11.4 yards per average, one touchdown, a long of 28. Yeah, I mean, that's Goated. That's a banana stat line for one of your marquee, you know, number one yeah. receivers. It's got to yeah, the f- Yeah, the face of the franchise <laughs> delivered for sure. <laughs> he absolutely delivered. Um, I, I don't, I don't really have anything else to talk about this game. Uh, unless you have anything you want to, no, I mean, it, it was, out there. it was overall just the bills did what they had to do today to get it done. And now there's two teams in front of us that it's two teams that you should beat and they just got to go out and handle business and divisions right in front of them. It's theirs for the taking. Right. And I'm glad that you put that there because now if I'm not mistaken, the Bills have, I'll read this word for word, Buffalo's odds to make the playoffs for the third straight year. And, f- oh, got a little something right here. Ads. Sorry about that. Buffalo's odds to make the playoffs for the f- third straight year and fourth time in five seasons increased to 97% according to the New York Times playoff machines. 97% Bills Mafia. Go to bed thinking about that number. 97. Goaded. And with that, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for joining in. 
Make sure to like, comment, uh, and subscribe, and review our podcast. Justin, where can the people find you? You can find me on uh, any social media at jgods22, uh, as always on the Built in Buffalo Network. Likewise, and uh, you can find me on social media platforms by searching up Two Changs. Go Bills, 97%. I'm just excited. The, the Bills have the have everything in front of them. Everything. Go out there and get it. That's it. Go Bills, Go baby. Bills.